From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. The other day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Dick and Wild Outdoors. I can't, I can't see the clock. I had to move the clock. Brayden and Glenn and Aaron and some other uh, hottie in there and then uh, some dude I met in the hallway named Chris. I mean, and uh, so it's just me and Glenn in here. But you know what? It's really weird. It's like, you ever had a... Okay, Aaron, you can deal with this. Ready? Here we go. Ready? You know, you've been through this where you invite one person to a party. And so on and so on. And, and you know, it's like, it's like, hey, Aaron, you want to come over and like come over and go, hey, well, can I bring my friend Jenny? And you go, yeah, sure. Yes, she can come. Mm-hmm. So what does Jenny do? Jenny she calls brings. like 96 other people and they show up. So you think it's just me, you and, and Jenny? Uh-huh. Well, well welcome to our world here in the studio today. Look here, Mr. Brayton Gunn. <laughs> I call Vince Noble and say, hey, can you come in because Jonathan's going to be You called out. the wrong guy, Brayton, because oh you God. know he Hi, would John. be gay. Who is that? And then, and then Justin shows up, uh, our old producer who's uh, in the house. Bill George decided to bail on us because he's going down to the uh, Florida Sportsman Show today down in Fort Myers. Yeah, that's where he and Jonathan are at. And Swindle's down there as well. So, and then I decided to call Dean Frazier and say, up? and so, hey, you want to come in and hang out? Yeah, sure. So, all of a sudden, he shows up, and now there's a captain in here as well. So now we got a room full of beef in this room. We, we literally well, at least have, air conditioners kicked in. I think this is the first time we've had more bodies than microphones in this room. That's that's not a bad thing. <laughs> so, welcome in this morning. It's Braden, Glenn, Vince, Dean, Justin, and Captain Pollard. And Jim Jim. So it's Jim and Jim. I'm actually a little upset. I, I'm the only one out of this whole group that didn't really get an invite. Like that I, is, well, no, you did. I, I commented up, on a post, and that turned into me showing up. So, Well, Vince actually called you out on Facebook, on social media, <laughs> and said, you know, it'd be really nice if maybe you showed up, and you're like, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I mean, literally, it turned into high school right there on social media. The problem is, I just, I, I don't have much time. I, t- I, I, I handle liberal craziness all day on social media, so I, you know, I took a break from that. And here I am. Tell it was the, an all-day affair, by the way. Tell the truth. I see you. I follow you. I mean, I'll tell a lot of truth, but those I want Glenn to get through the stories he's got, you know, and there's so much more day to have. I don't want to, you know. Those don't. girls in your home, you're the one male in there, and they rule the roost, and you are constantly going to cheerleader practice, cheerleader competition. I'm a cheer cheerleader. dad. That's right. You are. Better you, believe it. Boom. I bring it on. You are the epitome. <laughs> you are the epitome of cheer dad. Seriously. <laughs> It's like uh, every weekend I see Justin's like, hey, we're over here in Hawaii. Kids got cheer competition. Hey, we're down in Venezuela. Kids got kid cheer competition. Hey, look, we're going to Canada. Girls got a cheer competition. <laughs> I don't know what he's I'm just doing week. a lot of covert reporting. That's all that's going you know, on. And, and you should be so back to the Big White Outdoor. So, Glenn, yeah, tell so, me a little bit what's going on out there today. All I can say is I feel John. Uh, I know Jonathan's out. And Justin's trying to fill in for him, so it's going to be an interesting show this morning. But I do feel Justin's pain. <laughs> That's why I got I went and got me a, a bloodhound and put it in the yard, so I at least have another male on property. Yeah. There you go. And you know what? Instead of a wall, maybe we could get a three million bloodhounds and just put those on the wall, right? I mean, that would work. Oh, my God. 
What do you see? Well, you'd is, lose half a, half a million of them. Yeah. I, we, we'd set up a breeding program. Whatever we got to do, you know? <laughs> well, oh, he, was just, he was just saying, because Glenn's in the same boat. He's outnumbered. He's the only male left in the house, so he actually went and bought a dog, so there'd be two. So at least he could have somebody to talk to. You know what I mean, man, right? Yeah, I used to have this cat, and then he ran away. So I, that's that tells you. That's indicative of how bad it is. I don't know that he ran away. Cat explains a lot. He probably got toted off by hey, the coyote. Hey, hey. Yeah, coyotes got him. Uh, so welcome in this morning. It is the uh, craziness of the big and wild outdoors this morning. It's a kind of a... Uh, it's a big and wild outdoors radio rejects reunion here in the studio today. And uh, Captain Jim, how are you? I mean, we you've been pretty silent over there, Mister. I've got five thousand children of my well, we own. We don't have enough microphones in here. Well, you have to. Well, I can say this: uh, I did ask him where the fish were biting, and he didn't even say anything. So that's why he's really quiet over there. I, I, I put a message out to uh, our good friend Kevin, uh, Kevin Little, Captain Kevin Little, to give us a call to give us a fishing report this morning. So he may call as well, and then they yeah. can compare notes, and then we'll all know where to go. Or they could just find each other spots. So, uh, the fish are out in the water. That's where they're biting. Just Usually saying. you hear the thing is in the mouth. So, you know, but I guess that was wore out. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess everything's been okay. You're constantly busy. You're always out uh, fishing, man. I mean, yeah, it's you... been, a, it's been a good winter this year. Yeah. It's been a good, uh, you know, when we had that real strong cold snap, the snook kind of went log jawed, but they're starting to come out. They're starting to move around. We're starting to hook some here and there, but a lot of other species are starting to show up. Well, it's a shame that, uh, you know, all the fish were wiped out thanks to Big Sugar. Really? You're going to start that this morning? <laughs> I'm just, and he, I'm and just, he, and he really? stood up when you said that. I'm just saying that, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I, I think we were the only ones literally on the in the media world in this entire market who were sitting here saying that that it's not happening. This This is not what the media is telling you is happening. Because we relied on the words of guys like you. You know, we actually, the guys who are there every single day and are out on the water. Captain Jim Little, you, I mean, how many others did we have that called in? Like, dude, you know, there's a little bit here, there's a little bit there. Found a few dead down here, but for the most part, still catching snook, still pulling out redfish. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, there was, there was several times where we had dead fish floating past us, and most of it was like blow-ins. And we were fishing, you know, catching fish as, you know, it was when it first showed up. Right. Uh, but a lot of it, like I said, was the blow-ins from offshore, you know, the beaches and stuff like that. But, you know, we just moved our operations a little bit further up into the bay and uh, continued catching fish. And then the social media and then the media, the news, all that, They it was a bad red tide. Don't get me wrong. But they really all red kind tide of, is bad red they tide. They really kind of blew it up. And that kind of affected our guides and clients, you know, with uh, the tourism aspect of right. what we do. Yeah. Well, okay. If you say so, I don't believe him. You don't believe because what? you don't leave your house. That's why you don't believe him, dude. You can't even get here on time, there, Cheaty Ahana too. I don't believe him. What's well, your take? I mean, what's the opposite? How, you can't just leave a guy with I don't believe him. <laughs> did you even consider this topic before you asked him the question this morning, or did you, you just, come in? He just woke up. It was no, of course I can. I think he did. Yeah, I did. He's I lying. Just woke up. Yeah. No, I think he's lying. Well, I did see this story come out this past week. I'm going to segue to this. I'm just joking around. Of course, I know that's going on out there. We've had this conversation 15 times. Well, I will say that uh, Florida Florida Atlantic University, uh, they set out, a, I guess, a research vessel on Okeechobee to monitor all the algae and how all this is impacting the uh, the coast 
coastlines of Florida, and they claiming you know some of that is uh, what causes the red tide, which mm. is not right. Uh, no, it's not. But I did say this, Braden. What do you think? You think this vessel, the USS Research, is going to last in Lake Okeechobee? It's just going to go out. And is just... that the full size, really seriously research vessel? Correct. And what? Who put that out there? Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic University. Correct. Okay. Well, it's not UF. They don't have the cabillion and a half dollars in their back pocket. Wait, that's I can not understand. a joke. No, that's no, that's not a joke. Their research vessel is literally about a six foot long uh, model sailboat. With solar panels on it, and yes, a miniature little tiny sailboat, and they're just going to put that on an Okeechobee. I will say, if it's just going to be one of those that just set out to float around with the uh, with the breeze, the current, just to do all the monitoring and research and send the data back. Uh, I wonder how much algae's in the belly of an alligator. I don't know. You could use a big giant beach ball with some monitoring equipment, or probably less money than that. Than that thing right there. I figure the first within the first couple of days, especially in a nighttime drift, it'll be gone. And what are, what are they researching? The algae bloom in the lake itself? Correct. Oh, that doesn't. Yeah. Looks like they ask a bunch of Boy Scouts if they wanted to uh, help out with the science project. I don't know. You get Boy Scouts loose with some tools and a, a big pile of wood, they'll sure make something a lot bigger than that thing. Looks like something was made over the summer with uh, Grandpa up in Nantucket. I will say it looks pretty cool, though. I just don't think it's going to last. No. (laughs) Bay News 9, they've been doing a lot of reporting lately on Okeechobee and the uh, red tide and the effects of it lately. Have you seen any of that on Bay News 9? No, because I don't care. Man. It's popping back up, apparently. What? I keep on hearing that it's popping back up. What keeps popping back up? I I understand that. What's popping back up? Red tide, apparently down south a little bit, like in Sarasota. You think? I don't know. Maybe it is or not. You got to get a little closer to that microphone. Gotcha. That's what I was trying to pantomime to. Ah, gotcha. uh, but the uh, this time of year, it's this cold. What is this? A new strain? I don't, One that's uh, the, not that's affected the by. Well, the, the, they didn't say it ended until after you know it was already. Most of the red tide tends to disappear when it gets cold, and this year it kind of seemed to stay a little longer. At least that's what was being reported, and now it seems like it's. From what I've heard, it's popping back up, and it's I don't I don't know if it's it's small little bits in here and there, but that's at least what I've seen on the news. I think it was Bay News Nine. It might have reported yeah, that. It is. Well, I I look at it this way. At least they're trying. They're taking a look at it. They're monitoring the stuff, and you know the governor, the new governor, is uh, split up a little section of the FWC the way it used to be, and got them back in the Department of Environmental Protection, and they're armed, and. Uh, He's doing a lot of stuff where he's trying to uh, fix everything or at least make it uh, a little bit better. Well, can I ask a science question? To the, maybe the captain in the room, he'll probably answer this. He's looking at me like, what? <laughs> Don't, Don't put me there. on the spot, man. Come on. <laughs> no, you I mean, ready for science? No, you ready? Here we go. Here we now, go. Doesn't fertilizer grow the algae? Algae. I don't know. Probably maybe, that maybe some off. particular time. Well, there's a lot of speculation that the, right? the, the fertilizer that was in Lake Okeechobee has aided the blooming process. Wait a minute. You mean that lake that's about uh, 500 miles north of all the sugar? I got something for that when we come back. This is Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors. Brandon Ford, man, this room is busy and we'll be right back. Uh
welcome back. Big and Wild Outdoors is actually big and wild room this morning, that's for sure. There's no doubt. Uh, I don't even think you could pull out a camera to even take a picture of what's actually in this room. But I tried. It was a little tight. I know. I mean, it's it, Braden can't even get in the door. Hold on. <laughs> Suck it up, boys. Braden's coming through. But I will say, this past week, if, uh, if you've never fished up and around Keaton Beach, that's apparently a gem of trout fishing. And, of course, a couple of reds were caught as well. This buddy of mine went up there and to kind of catch some fish, get some more stuff ready for our wild game cookout that's coming up on the 23rd. you telling me after uh, an entire week only a couple of redfish have been caught up there? Well, they kept a couple. <laughs> but the, I'm uh, sure the, there was more than two just caught. You know, as a kid going up there fishing or going hunting up in Steenahatchee, um, for many, many years during the winter months, a lot of people would come from up north and, and they would book, uh, one of the lodges up there, get one of those rooms. And it wasn't really a big thing. It was just like Woods' trailer park and they would just rent out all those trailers. And, uh, but I always heard the stories. People were just showing coolers and coolers of fish, just yeah. unbelievable amount of trout. You remember those times, don't you, Jim? Where, uh, you had all those people, especially on the little grouper fishing. I don't know why, but going out of Keaton Beach, you get to the, Fishing grounds seems to be a lot quicker out in that area, especially offshore when it comes to grouper and stuff. You yeah, know? they're a little bit shallower. I mean, we get our grouper here locally that come in shallow, but it's uh, it's really nice fishing up there because you got those grass flats and then raw rock pile right in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and those those fish just kind of just stack on there. There's not much in between. I haven't fished off there. I don't think I've ever fished off there. But I always see, remember in Woods and Water, you'd always see on Keaton Beach, man, they'd have the, look like the old days where they're standing up on the dock and there's a group of lined up on nails in the back of on a board. And uh, people go up there all the time. All, all our, This is the time of year you got to remember all our snowbirds are down here and our well, visitors are. Well, I was asking up. Dave how many people was on the water. Uh, his Some of his family come down from Georgia and they, have a place up there, and they all just kind of meet up. Uh, it's an annual event for them for a week long of fishing, and uh, he said it was just a half a dozen boats at most during the week, and then towards the end of the week, uh, as you was catching, it's almost like the uh, shell cracker, the bluegill beds. When you when you get on them, you start looking around at all the other boats, kind of zeroing in on you. If you sit there too long, then they know you're catching them. And mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Dave just said it was just incredible, fish after fish, uh, just. Take one off, throw it back, just so you catch another one, and then at towards the end you fill up your cooler with your limit of five per person, and uh, so it was a it was a spectacular week for him up to the point where I was thinking, man, I ain't got a picture. He was sending pictures while I'm at work. I'm thinking, man, what are you trying to do? Make me sick? Head that way or something? And then uh, I know that feeling of the pictures. I got that yesterday too. That's what friends are for. Yeah, just to kind of just rub it in a little bit. But wish you were here, type thing. Uh, No, it wasn't even that. It was just a picture of them holding the fish. Who's them? Captain Jim and uh, Brandon, our camera guy. Oh, really? They went without you? Oh yeah, I'm at work. I call him up, and he's like. It sucks to be you. <laughs> I hate you right now. It was a research trip. <laughs> but I knew that towards the end of the week, I quit getting pictures. And then I found out that Dave dropped his phone overboard and uh, couldn't recover it. So, so he couldn't rub it in no more. <laughs> what, I, I didn't want to you. tell him that. You know, that's what you get for sending me all those pictures. But uh-huh. it's like the second phone he's lost in uh, probably six or eight months fishing. Retirement ain't good on him, man, when it comes to phones. No, I think uh, he lost one up there at at uh, Chazawiska and then this one in Keaton Beach. He's going to have to get one of those big floaty type phone boxes to put it in or something or wrap it up in some, uh, put a bunch, tie a bunch of corks to it. 
So if it drops over, he'd pick it back up. Yeah, like everybody used to do on their uh, boga grips. Remember that? They put everybody put a big crab trap ball on it in case you dropped it because they were so darn expensive. It's so darn expensive. <laughs> you know, I've spent $180 on these things. I ain't losing them over the side. You know, put a big drab, crab trap ball on the thing. Well, that's good. I know that uh, these days everybody's uh, gearing up to get out on the beds and try to get out on some bass this time of year. I don't know how it is in the saltwater world over here on this side, but um well i can tell you the bass has just really been burning up and of course last week with that front we had the weather was cooler a lot of wind and this week the latter part of the week has just been phenomenal if you was on the if you had the opportunity to do some fishing i don't even if you didn't catch fish the weather would have been deceiving because you just know that you're just going to fill it up get it done early well this time of year i know that uh uh, the colors change i i've noticed this pattern uh, the, I've been at a G5 for a year now. and well, Man, uh, an anniversary? Yeah, well, it's been over an, It's been over a year, actually. Well, I and, brought you a donut to celebrate. Oh, thanks. And uh, I just, <clears throat> it's funny how everything goes in cycles. And for the past, I don't know, uh, two or three weeks, anything that's black with a blue tail with blue sparkles is going out the door. Before that, it was anything that was a Houdini, Christmas, or... Uh, um, any kind of a light color, like a natural color, like a native color, cooter brown, those kind of baits, those colors. And uh, I'm just waiting to see what the spring colors are going to be. I tell you what, I was. <laughs> it's like fashion. I was uh, hitting them uh, in Spring Hill. I went up there with a buddy who's got a private lake on his property. And uh, we were kayaking this lake, and I was throwing a uh, Houdini colored dirk bait, actually. Um, and I, it was just. That's all we were doing was catching fish all day. I mean, not, there wasn't too much size to them. He caught a five pounder, but I was preparing. I got a. I'm actually fishing the big bass tournament up in uh, the Harris Chain next weekend, and I man, in I, a kayak? I, no, no, not a kayak. <laughs> He's going to no. tie it to the back of no, that no, big nitro boat when it takes off. What division I'm going to be in? But my buddy's got a. a the floaties yeah, division a, exactly you know we're gonna you, have you ever seen those river floats that you sit in you got <laughs> yeah. the little uh, flippers on and yeah, everything with on the back of your heels that you yeah just, exactly uh, around. yeah so we're gonna be doing that it's gonna be sweet where's it at uh the harris chain as the back of the calves are ripped off from the alligator swimming by <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah that's what's gonna happen well that's good i mean at least you got uh you know usually Guys don't go fish a different lake before they go before a tournament. They go fish the lake, pre-fish it. I was just preparing, and then, trying to see if these fish were moving. You know, the water was cold. See if you still got were, it? Well, that, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the water was actually pretty chilly. But I don't I don't know the exact temperature, but it felt pretty cold to the touch. But uh, they were still fired up. You know, they were they were very active. I caught a couple on top water, too. So, I mean, even though the water was cold, they were they were moving. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the water temperature for us was running between 61 and 62 degrees. That yeah, makes sense. And uh, when we hit the 62 degree water, the bass really, the bite seemed to pick up a little bit. Just that one degree, it's uh, you, you're thinking, man, what's one degree going to do? But uh, but where they were biting the week before when the water temperature was up, they were slow. And then when we found a spot that, that was holding 62 degree water, uh, we were putting them in the boat. So. Now, one degree really makes a, a difference, up here, apparently, for that particular lake. It makes it in every particular lake. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, good luck up there on the Harris. What are you planning on using since um, you used this uh, 
I guess whatever bait you is having out there on the private lake that doesn't probably get fished that much. Are you going to carry that particular bait to where you're going well, at the yeah, Harris? Yes, actually, one of my biggest. Uh, Which uh, one a, was the, it? It was a Houdini. It was no, a swim bait. It was a Z, no, it was a Z-Man, oh, uh, Z-Man Dirk yeah. Shad. Yeah. It was the Houdini color. And I fish it weedless um, with a uh, uh, the Mustad gripping pin hooks because it floats. Uh, the Z-Man material floats. And if you don't put any weight on it, skips very well. So I use it salt water too. skip it under docks. You know, underneath any brush or whatever, fish it weedless so I can fish it through all that stuff. And because it's it floats, you could pop it and it almost acts like a top water. It's it's a it's a very versatile bait. And I mean everything eats it. I've got anything from grouper, snook, you know, uh I mean redfish, but one of my favorite ways to fish it is bass on top of like grass beds when they're not quite on the frog. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that action bait. that it has, uh, like you say, just suspending there, and you depends on how you work it, but uh, you can get that that bait just have so much natural reaction, mm-hmm. and uh, the bites. I've never really fished with that much until this past couple of years. About the last two years, I really started saying, you know, I'm I'm hooked on certain things that always worked and has always been productive. So Purple to change worm. something. Believe it or not, purple still good at times, but um, the old purple worm with a curly watermelon tail. But when you can put fish in the boat using the old tackle that you got, mm-hmm. uh, you know eh, that might work for you. But uh, just getting to use it, and I and a lot of it has to do with your your equipment that you you you're tying it to. You know, you get a good action on your rod tip, man. You can really make that thing do some crazy oh, yeah, looking the, stuff. The pops and it'll pop out of the water, look like it's almost jumping. It's insane. Look like a bunch of minas. It's insane. <laughs> Man, that was a good was, segment. I like talking fishing. They ain't well, no of course it does. <laughs> That's what I said. I was laying in bed last night, and I'm thinking, Man, I am really outnumbered in here today. It's just it's fishermen. Not it's, like, it's literally fishermen <laughs> all over the place today. Smells like fish in here. Should smell like gunpowder in Maybe here. Maybe we ought to get it a roll on. Gunpowder, Fish. All right, got to take a real quick break, you guys. If you want to give us a call, you got some questions for the captain. He's right here. We're, obviously, we have fresh water and salt water covered today. Uh, 888-404-1010. It's 888-404-1010. Stay with us, you guys. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Vince, Dean, Justin, and Captain Jim, all in one studio. Over in the next studio, we got Aaron, Jess, and Chris. So I got three people over there answering the phones. This is the largest non-paid show ever. And I mean, you know, <laughs> what we like to do is we like to do it big and we like to pay a little bit. You know That's what I mean? Right. That's what we like to do here. So. It's like, hey, man, my brother-in-law's playing down at the local bar. If you want to come, you can, you know, but, uh, you know, you're going to have to buy your own way in. I just got to say, I for you, for you, I appreciate Beasley's dedication. I mean, how many other companies would send three producers out to do the job of one producer? I, right. I love it. And I love the fact you guys don't even get us coffee. I mean, you guys are... All three of you just locked in <laughs> over there, and I love that. Thank you. We we like that. Yeah, this, there you go. This coming from our former producer, uh, you know, who did the same exact thing. Yeah, you want to come? Go get it yourself, you lazy blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, and sometimes I wouldn't even show up. That, I just showed that, you my level of dedication. Is, that is true. Yeah, we had to wake him up several times. <laughs> I don't believe hey, hey. it. <laughs> that, was the, that was the old days before... Uh, 
cheer camp and uh, fatherhood and getting up early and having to drive 500 miles to get the girls here on well, time. I've, I will say I've never seen Justin dress as good as the other crew. Well, oh well, I mean, come on! Nice. I think there's in. bias there. <laughs> you know, I mean, the problem is, is you're looking at two or three ladies over there. Oh, that three. No, sorry, Chris. there's, there's no, one guy. There's one lone guy. I'm sorry, I did it to you, man. You know, I'm one of the ladies myself because actually, I every cheer competition, I'm, I'm one of the ladies. Actually, you know? Chris is kind of wearing the similar uh, uh, producer attire with the low shorts and the kind of Hawaiian shirt yeah. and the shark uh, t-shirt he got for free from promotions. I think he's dressed rather appropriately for radio. (laughs) He's your typical promotions guy. He didn't smell like liquor, though. That's the one common thread that that most producers have. That's a good thing, brother. It is a good thing. And he has no real big bags under his eyes because he worked a concert the night before, and then he's going to go home, change his uh, flip-flops, and then be back again out on the road today, so... You know it. You know the pain. Yeah, he I do. also has a job at the Pedal Pub. He's a captain of the Pedal Pub in St. Pete. Oh, wait. That's the one that uh, that goes around downtown, or is yeah. that the boat boat one? And this yeah. is the concept that's I just the don't get. I, when I when I used to go out and drink, you were back in my day when I would go out and drink. Uh, we didn't pedal bicycles. We sat at the bar and, and we sat on a stool and we talked to each other. Well, but now what, you young kids uh, got to pedal bikes and yeah, stuff. No, 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 that's what it is. It's a millennial thing. You never seen that thing, Chris? Is that the one where you sit down? It's like a big giant bar, and you have pedals underneath your feet, and as you go, you, yep, you drink and pedal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it downtown. What's the sell? Like, how do you get? Hey, listen. How about you pedal your butt around St. Pete while we feed you beers at ten dollars a pop? Well, that way you sober up as you're going. What is that? <laughs> I don't see it. I'm so confused. You know, I got. I got to. No, I mean, you just gotta get on. And- what do you charge people for this? Uh, well, we normally, it's about $35 a seat. Yeah. All right, so what, what do I get for beer? Yeah, wait, what do you get for the 35 bucks? You get a seat on the bike. And Dude, then get out of here. you get a great, amazing host like myself. Uh, and I keep the party going with the music and I take you to. So you're a DJ as well mentioned. while you're there? So wait, how much are the beers? <laughs> uh, well, actually on board the bike, it's all BYOB. So you bring what you want. So wait a minute. So here's the bar plan. The bar plan is we're going to make you pedal around St. Pete. You're going to pay to pedal around St. Pete, and you're going to buy your own beer. Yep, that's about it. Oh, wow. uh, bro, if I'm going, you're going to pedal your butt off. That's all I'm saying. I've got a condo, and uh, I want to sell it to you. It's a whole thing down in the Everglades. Um, <laughs> you can pedal your way down there and drink beer. Bring your own beer. <laughs> Dude, don't knock it before you try it. Dude, it's always full. Every time I ever see it go down downtown, it's it's packed. I know with it's full, but it's just one of those frustrating things. You know, I, it's I one of those know. things I see, and I'm just like, I don't understand that. I don't. I can't. Wait, are you the only one pedaling? Uh, I'm not pedaling at all. I've got the brake pedal. That's wait, the only. So wait, we have to pay thirty five dollars to pedal our own selves. Yes, mm-hmm. bring our own beer, yeah. and you get to sit there and go for a ride. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. Well, I that look sounds at this like the perfect business plan for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, it works out pretty well for the owner. Well, <laughs> it's a fantastic plan. You know, the funny thing is, he's the only sober one. There has to be somebody sober behind the, the driving. I mean, are you controlling the brake? So, do you have like foot insurance? So, I mean, in case your feet go down, well, like we make them sign a waiver. You know, so just in case anything goes wrong, or anything we've at least got that. Well, I got to ask you, Chris. Now, this is a serious question. When you're downtown and you're got uh and you're out there late at night, I guess you run all the way until what midnight, one o'clock. Uh, about eleven, eleven thirty. Do you ever see any coyotes running around down there while you're downtown? Have you ever seen one yet? I have not. No. You have not in all your travels. So you just you do Central Avenue, First Avenue. Where do uh, where? Central. We got to stay uh, where the speed limit's a little bit lower than thirty-five. Oh, okay. Coyotes. I was just gonna wonder. Oh wait, it's news to her. 
Jess doesn't know that we're overrun by coyotes. Where do you live? Keep my eye out. Where do you live, Jess? Jess. But what, what's your name again? Shelby. Shelby. Oh, that's right. Why do I keep calling her Jessica? Like the Mustang. Come oh, that's on. right. We, we discussed this. Well, you look. Yeah, now she looks devastated because you just disappointed her. Yeah. yeah. Calling her that nicer, name. So I can't be a Shelby. Where do you live? Or do you live in the area? You don't have to give your home address. Not where but the coyotes. Where do you live, little where, girl? Where, what area? I'm in Lutz. Maybe that's a mountain. How are you saying there are not coyotes in Lutz? They're not in my apartment complex. Oh yeah, they are. You just don't see them. Well, I will say this past week. Here you go. Here's a test. Go just, take a cat. Put it on the front. Put him on a leash. I was just going to say this. Tie a cat up outside. Put him on a leash. Cat is live bait. Yeah, and just put him the out there and see if it's still there in the morning when you wake up. Don't do that. Just just give it a yeah. shot. Any advice from you I know is a bad idea. I'm just telling you. I'm just yeah. telling you. It'll work. You go, girl. You will find out if there are coyotes in the area. And if you're living up in Land O'Lakes or Lutz, guaranteed. They no, are there. The well, this past will week. Just say it's a German shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> National news. The beaches here in the state of Florida, right here in Tampa Bay, St. Pete. Are you hearing this? And beach? Made it to the national news is the coyotes are on the beach. Hanging out on the beach, man. Yeah. They want a little bit of sun, a little bit of surf, and a little wave just to hang out and see what was happening. I mean, Trump told us there's a problem with coyotes coming up from the south, and I and I believe him. I mean, quite frankly, and we're seeing it on the beaches of St. Pete. There you go. They finally made it across the border, and now they're here hanging out on the beach. That's why we need a wall. Coyotes can't jump to 15 feet, you know? No, they no, they can't, and they can't dig underneath it. That's the no, truth. No, but they'll claw, uh, climb their way underneath it. This would take hours. This would just take hours. (laughs) You know, we would see the coyotes at this point, and then we could do what we need to do. What beach are they actually being seen on? Did it tell you what exactly what beach? Just all along the the right here in the Tampa Bay area, St. Pete. St. Pete Beach is one of them. St. Pete Beach. Yes, Gandy Beach is uh, another one. I've seen them personally. uh, Oh yeah, they're all over there. Just roaming up and down the beach, all through the mangroves. Everything running across I a, the highway. I usually, I usually get, get a groups. Yeah, I get a high five from all the coyotes coming back from uh, over by uh, Riviera Bay. They come over the 83rd Avenue Bridge when I'm coming back from work the back way around Weedon Island, and they're coming across. They're streaming across, going, "Hey, what's up, Brad? What's up, man? Heading back to Weedon Island for a night of uh, sleeping and hollering and having a good time." So I know they're all over the place down there, and now they've made it all the way over to 62nd Avenue back over in there. Uh, around Shore Acres area, around the Mangrove Bay Golf Course, they're always there and and full daylight. They're hanging out in the middle of the day. People are driving by. They're like, "What's up, man?" I got them by my house over in Bardmore. Yeah, so. yeah. I saw it was uh, not this winter, but last winter. I uh, was down near the Bayway and uh, trailing my boat one morning, and I saw a pack, probably about five or six coyotes, coming out of Acker College, crossing the that sixty second you know area yeah. down there by the toll plaza, just running across the street. They, yeah. I, got a, I got a video. I was at that Seven Eleven on the corner there, uh, 54th and uh, 34th there. Yeah. And uh, an ambulance went by and all of a sudden started hearing howling. And I have this on video. Looked over across the street right by where uh, where the on the Eckert side of things. And there was two coyotes. I mean, they, they were this huge. They were the size of big German shepherds. And they were howling at the ambulance mm-hmm. on the corner, just sitting there. Like in front of everybody, they must have hitchhiked down. They ate all the cats up and loot, so they're down here looking for good stuff. And well, because apparently they moved away. I think I'd take a coyote over a cat. Well, that's amazing <laughs> that uh, they're out on that area because, if, as you know, Glenn, uh, uh, Vince, because you are the don of Indian Rocks Beach. Yes, sir. All those bridges that they have to cross to get out there to get on the beach. So obviously, if they're hanging around out there, they're, they're moving. They're moving every time you you anywhere like by the Bardmore Golf Course. 
Brian Derry, where the railroad tracks are at. They're hitting there. They're going down. You have Lake Seminole Park, so they're working their way that way, too. So why wouldn't they get to the beach? All they need is a couple of trees, and they call it the woods. And they're I mean, all right, right by Indian Rocks Beach, is you have that um, that big park. They call it Turtle Park, but it's right there. They're they're in there. And Justin, and that's on the intercoastal. Justin, you're up there in the wild woods of uh, Hudson area, so I'm sure you get a few little. Yeah, I've up seen there. him up there. I mean, I saw him. I've seen him in Pinellas Park, so I, I know that the story is not telling telling a lie. I've seen him in daytime. I've seen them. So oh, yeah. I mean, so sh- so Shelby is apparently just sleeping all the time, so she misses him. Well, here's the thing. I think we round up all the coyotes and we train them to pull us through the streets of St. Pete. And I would pay $35 for that. <laughs> a dog sled? A coyote yeah. dog sled. That you know, and that way we're not killing them. You know, I mean, we're, I think it's a little bit of best both ways. Equal worlds, opportunity. We're putting them to work. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to do that. I can I, see a, a pack of that with a, be a St. Pete man attacked by coyotes, be Justin, <laughs> mauled to death. You, you could call it pack by a pack by a pack. You know what I mean? Yeah. You buy a, a pack, pack of cigarettes, pa- oh. pulled by a pack of dogs, and have a pack of beer. Have a pack of beer. Okay, three pack. I guess it could. I, I don't know. I I think uh, these days, uh, a woman got attacked by one not too long ago, and a guy actually kicked it. Did you see that video where he kicked the one and actually killed it? Kicked it so hard he killed. I mean, he literally did uh, like he was punting for a 70-yard field goal and uh, actually killed the thing. But, well, he was probably doing what he thought was going to protect him, you know. I mean, he was just doing everything. Just like the Colorado his man wife. this past week, the Colorado man that was attacked by the mountain lion while he was jogging through one of the parks. Cody, I think I could handle. Mountain lion? That's dude, another story. Man, that, but, is, that is, you know, what's that thing? You, you know, when we see cats, we see bobcats. We're in the woods, and you think, oh, man, I could, you know, probably get bit, maybe get scratched up. Something that weighs as much as you do jumping on your back and then it was crushing eighty pound cat. Eighty pounds jumping on you. When you're not going to hear those cats coming at you, like when I'm hunting in Montana, I know they're up there. You're, that's my biggest fear. Them, the, well, four fifty four Casul. When we get back, we'll tell you exactly what you need to do in the event that you was to encounter one of those on your little bike ride through Same the mountains. Same thing I would do with a Burmese python. Bam! That's Burmese, right? We are big and wild outdoors. Brought to you by G Five Feed. Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, oh man, it's going, it's going quick. First hour's almost over. She kind of just stuck that in on us. We didn't even know. That's it. You got to pay attention. Good thing we were talking uh, very good in here. (laughs) Well, before the break, Captain Jim, we were talking to you about. uh, You mentioned something about doing some hunting out out west. Um, Any mountain lion hunting? No, no, no mountain lion hunting. I mean, obviously, we're on. You know, you're on guard because they're there that time of year. And, you know, keeping an eye on them, looking at trails and paw prints in the snow and whatnot. So it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes when you're sitting up in that tree stand or something or that blind, you know, by yourself trying to call in a wolf or, you know, a buck. It's kind of like a – I would think of it kind of like a gobble call on management land. Not only is the uh, elk hearing it, but also every mountain lion that's within earshot's going, hey. Yeah, there's one right over there, and he seems not to be moving. So maybe I'll just go check out, and see what he's doing over there. Now, when you're out there hunting, do you go with a guide service, or are you just going out because uh, you've been there before, or what? Yeah, we have a, our family. We have a cabin out there, so but we do use a guide service out there, and uh, he comes down here and fishes with me, and you know his dad lives down here, so we do some trade outs, you know, some fishing for some hunting. Is that one of the things that he tells you? Like uh, if we go 
uh, do anything here. Somebody comes from out of state, I always tell them, hey, keep your fingers in the boat. You're splashing around at night. We're, we're out here. You know, something might just pop up. <laughs> don't to, hang your feet over yeah. the side. Cool your feet don't off. Don't hang your feet off the dock too much, you know. Yeah. But, uh, up there, is that one of those things that's kind of like gun safety? They they start telling you about maybe the brown bear or uh, the yeah, cats. Yeah, depending on the time of year. I mean, sometimes the, you know, the grizzlies aren't fully into hibernation like at the, you know, like they should be, or if there's some out roaming around when they should be in hibernation, those are the ones that you kind of want to. Those are the hungry uh, ones. Those are the ones you got to worry for and watch out for. Because I went out to uh, Wyoming, uh, what just got out of me and Braden pulled up into the mountains area and a beautiful, beautiful landscape. So I just get out and I start roaming, climbing through some of those little caverns and um, just all kind of bluff areas. And I'm thinking after I'm about 20 minutes into this walk, I'm thinking, man, this ain't Florida. <laughs> you know, you ain't got to worry about just a, a rattlesnake or whatever. There's might be a bear or a mountain lion somewhere in this area. And then you kind of start looking around and going back to where you came from. You, but, t- you well, take for granted what you know in your own woods. You know, it's like, oh, I know where rattlesnakes are usually hanging. Yeah, usually or whatever, like around here, you're and, keep your, you know, your eyes are focused down. Yeah, up there. You know, I mean, a mountain there, lion could be in a tree. It could be on a rock or it could be right behind you and you never even know it. Oh, there's there's uh, times my guides told me he's been walking through the woods up there, you know, and then you glance up and all of a sudden there's just a big cat sleeping. What's your biggest fear, the wolf or the lion? I'd say the the, the lion. lion, the cats. I don't know, man. Lion, it's a one on one thing. Uh, yeah. You know, one. You I, got a pack of. Uh, you got a four fifty four, yeah. But you got thirty <laughs> wolves standing around. You're going, okay. Which one is the alpha that I need to shoot and make everybody else kind of nervous? <laughs> I mean, it's usually really- the wolves up there they they really avoid the humans, and uh, that's because they're well fed. And you'll see you'll see them moving around because as the pack, you know they're, you know they're on the move, and uh, and especially if you see a fresh kill, you know you know they're going to come back to finish it off because that's one thing the wolves do they won't leave anything behind. Cats won't eat anything dead, will they? I mean, uh, bears will. I, I can't. And, uh, I, I don't know on that, but the thing that scares me about a cat, especially their size, is they can sneak up on you from behind because that's where they want to get you. Yeah, sure. And you won't even see them coming. Well, a buddy of ours, Felix, you know, he's a fireman, and uh, he went out uh, out west. I can't remember where he went. Was it Colorado? Or? Yeah, he was out in Colorado. He shot a cat, and now Felix is a big guy. He's about six foot four, and uh, I mean, he's not a small kid. And he was holding this cat up by its underneath the rib cage, and uh, the head was about at the same level as him, but there was a good two and a half, three feet still on the ground, not counting the tail. So you're talking about a cat that probably weighed two and some change, maybe I don't know. But, I mean, I, I thought about that, and it's like, dude, that's like a linebacker jumping on your back and pushing you to the ground. You know you're going to go down on the ground, and this thing, they always try to get you in the back of the neck or the back of the head, you know. And It's, it's that cat mentality. That's the attack. It's the throat. That's where yeah. they want to break well, this, that spine, you know, break get it, her done. Break it, out. Yeah. Well, the guy that was running in Colorado this past week, he was uh, attacked from behind, as, as you pointed out. And uh, as he was running, the cat got him by the back of the neck. And away it went. And then, of course, when you read the story, it did at the time, it didn't tell you how he fought that the cat. And, of course, he ended up killing it. Uh, and the, so all the comments below is always like, well, he killed it with a gun. He had it with him. And there's no way that he did it. But apparently, after all the reports come out, he ended up choking the cat to death. There you go. Choked it out, man. What I mean, are you getting your arms on there in the right place? Are you going to let go? You ain't letting go. You're not going to let go until that thing stops kicking. But I imagine if they ever showed a picture of what the guy looked like, just the description of the injuries, 
the lacerations from the claws, the bite marks, the puncture wounds. It was a fierce battle. Oh, I, I, I bet it was probably just gruesome <laughs> pictures to, watch, to yeah. see. Well, as you said, it was an 80-pounder, so they consider it to be a juvenile. Uh, a juvenile kid at 80 pounds, and he choked it out. The best one I saw was the guy who killed the coyotes uh, that attacked him with his benchmate. And, of course, they sent him a brand-new knife because he showed his benchmate infidelity. He was like, killed it with this. <laughs> That's why you never go out in the woods without at least something. But, I mean, look at you, – you know cats are, the, are you know – you know they're powerful because look at even little cats. Everybody's seen a video of a little cat chasing away something that it shouldn't have been chasing away. I saw oh, one bears, yesterday. Yeah. Bear, yeah. Bear, that one cat that went out and saved that girl from the dog next door. I mean, cats, that, and that's a little 15-pound cat. Has it gotten to this? You're watching cat videos at home by yourself at night? Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I feel like on? I can weigh in on this outdoor topic. I've watched a lot of cat videos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just finish out this segment with, <laughs> <laughs> with something in here. But uh, and then when, I got to ask you though, when you're out there and you're carrying your rifle for elk, do you carry a sidearm just for that reason, or your guide, or anybody in the area? Do you? Yeah, yeah, carry we all, a cannon. Yeah, we always carry a pistol with us. What do you usually normally carry? I carry my forty-five. Forty-five so, uh, auto. Semi-auto. Yeah. Yeah, Glock twenty-one. Oh, okay. Well, at least you got more than six rounds, but that's a good thing. I, I just, I would think that if I was going to be in cat territory, it's like Alaska. You know, you watch those last Alaskans, all that stuff. They don't leave the house without a pistol on their side. I don't care if it's taking the garbage out and they're in flip flops in their underwear. They got a gun strapped to their hip. But it's usually, you know, 44 mag, you know, 454 Casul, something up there where, you know, if you got to shoot, you only got six rounds. You got to make it count. So, you know. Well, I, don't, I use a 308. My AR, on an AR platform. That's what yeah. I'm with up there. Yeah, I, I say the 308's a great round, but you remember the story about the guy way back who killed the charging bear, seven millimeter mag. How many rounds did he pump in that thing? Like two two mags full. Yeah, he ten he, rounds. Yeah, he had uh, I think nine or ten rounds was actually what he spent. It was one of those things where it was like a charging Cape Buffalo. You know, it like literally well, died at his feet. Bears charging me. I'm I'm going to empty the clip. Yeah, I'm going to go until there's nothing left in there. Well, that's and if what I can reload, did. I will. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't care how many rounds it takes. And I think it was a record bear, and he didn't get to keep it. Remember, he's like no, the the state actually kept it. Yeah, it's like this, you know, record book grizzly bear, and he's like, damn it, I don't even get to keep the thing. It tried well, to kill that, me, and I don't get to keep it because that was the uh, the bear that apparently was doing some attacking in, in the area, and they were out looking for it. And this guy here was just just imagine the composure that he kept in order to make that work for him for the outcome to be what it was to have a big grizzly charge you and you start shooting. And then when you know this is the last round in your magazine, and then you got to say, Oh, <laughs> click, click, change it out and still be able to put the rest of it. And, uh, to bring it to a successful ending for himself. Of course, when you read some of these stories and some of the comments from everybody, they're always pulling for the animal. So unless uh, you're living in an apartment complex and you just don't know until it happens. Take one of those people that are pulling for the animal and put them in that situation and see. They'd be dead. Well, chances well, that, are they would never be in that situation, but it's easy to quarterback, you know, from a thousand miles away while you're, uh, you know, sitting there on the veranda with your girlfriends from Rhode Island. Uh, you know, it makes it a little easier to go. Because, well, you could have run away. I mean, you're not running away from No, I love the bear. one where it says you moved or in. Lion. Remember, or they a were, lion, for that matter. They were there first. You're evading their territory. Oh, that, I hear that about the coyotes all the time. Yeah, there but was, the problem is, is that they didn't read scripture because man was here before the animal. That's right. Don't forget. And Adam. we have dominion, so you know. 
Adam named him. Who did that? that <laughs> if the guy kills, if the guy kills like a record bear like that, and he doesn't get to keep it, does he get credit for it? If it's actually, oh yeah, his name, his name is on it. He yeah. does. Okay, but, yeah, he yeah, got I think credit it's up for in Anchorage. It, but he also had to defend himself in court first. You know, it's like, well, why did you kill it? Why? why, why are you doing no, it? that one he didn't have to because it like, was it was a legit thing. <laughs> they were actually looking for him. Yeah, and not only that, they kind of figured if the guy had to pump ten rounds in while he's trying to scramble backwards up a tree. Uh, chances are he probably didn't do it just for fun to get his name in the record books. Well, we are big and wild outdoors. Hour number two, just around the corner. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back.